Good morning. Yes, one good morning. You guys are awake. Good morning. You know, we all get to sleep in tomorrow, Lord willing. So unless you're you know, heading up to Whistler early. Good to have you. I'm James, one of the pastors here. Uh, if you are a guest or visiting today, would love to hear from you. Could we have like a welcome card or just, you know, say hi to a few people? Um, we are in a, we're studying a book of the Bible, a letter, a New Testament letter called Galatians. And here's what you need to know just for the purpose of this sermon. Uh, Paul, who's wrote the letter, he's been saying this whole letter, Jesus alone, Jesus alone saves. That's it. That's all. That's what he's been saying. Jesus alone saves. We don't add anything to Jesus who saves us. The way we have Jesus, the way we have new life and forgiveness is just by hearing with faith, Jesus does all that we need to be saved. And then he's been saying, we don't advance by a different means. So like we need Jesus to save us and we, we, we actually grow and change the same way we were saved with Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's why this is so important. There's a group of religious people who were infiltrating this church in this time of the letter. And basically what they were saying is, you know, yes, Jesus, get him, get Jesus, get forgiveness. Um, but the way to actually mature, the way to advance, the way to uh, really know you're saved and actually have acceptability, true acceptability, um, is, is by making sure you obey a bunch of stuff. You do all the old laws and the traditions. This is where we came from. And surely now you can do this with greater power. And that's how you know you're, you're, you can be friends with God and you can have relationship and all that stuff. That's not the gospel at all. So Paul's really, really passionate. He, was, he, he actually met Jesus in a vision. Jesus ministered him, gave him the gospel. And now he's like, no, you can't add anything to Jesus. Not even when you want to grow. The way you grow is the same way you got saved, by faith in Jesus. So that's the emphasis of this passage. Um, so his point today is going to be this, okay? When you receive Jesus, your experience of power was the spirit, not through obedience, but through hearing with faith. That's what he's gonna say. Now, his whole point in this letter is this, when Jesus rose, it signified the new way humans, so everyone in here who's a human being, so the new way that you would live in communion with God, free, the, way, the new way you would live free and forgiven in friendship with God is now gonna be by the spirit lived out always by faith, not by doing stuff. We live by a new power and that's the spirit. So again, here's the emphasis in our text. This wasn't their experience. When they first became a Christian, they got the spirit. So why are you going back? He says, the way you began by spirit-empowered faith in Jesus is the way you advance. That's the big idea. I've said it three times now. Now let me show you in the text. Okay, if, you wanna, if, you're, if you're taking notes and you're one of those kids, here's the big idea. We never leave Jesus behind in our growth. So if you want to grow as a Christian, you can't leave Jesus behind and you do it on your own effort. Okay, so let's read it. Now you can be like, can you show me that? Yes. I'll start out with a really fun word. Oh, foolish Galatians. One commentator translated, oh, oh, uh, what does he say? Oh, idiots. Oh, no, he says, oh, dear idiots of Galatia. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Like who has cast a spell on you 
It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. And then here's where he says it. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Listen, having begun by the spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, which is happening in their life, does he who supplies spirit, the spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith, just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness? Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham, not works, and this scripture, foreseeing that God would make right, justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, in, in you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So here's the big idea. The way you began is the way you advance. Okay, by spirit entrenched hearing with faith. So with that said, um, I wanna pray. I'm gonna pray because uh, I really need the Holy Spirit and we need the Holy Spirit to really grow us. If there's gonna be anything that, that God is gonna do in your life today, it's going to be the Spirit. It won't be because I've crafted a sermon. So let me pray for that. And I'm also gonna pray for you because one of the things, if you're new, we've been praying as a church is that we would really, really learn to hear God. And especially in our everyday life, that we would listen to where he's working and that God would use us in those moments, that he would, he would show us people that he is at work and where he wants us to use. So I'm gonna pray that for us as well. Uh, and then we'll get into the sermon, okay? Okay, let's pray. I'll pray for us. So that's what we're doing. Uh, Jesus, I just, I wanna thank you, Lord, for just bringing us all here. And I just, I do pray that Holy Spirit, you would uh, really help us see, Lord, what was really going on in the hearts of those in Galatia who were so quickly to rely on themselves and to try to kind of advance their faith with you rather than trusting in the spirit. And would you show us where we are doing that? I, I really pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come. And so I just ask, come Holy Spirit. And I just pray that this message would come with, with power and it would come with, just say, use the spiritual gifts you've given me. And I pray, Father, for just a peace to fill us. And I pray if there's any distractions right now, just in our minds or anything we've been walking with this week that would just keep us kind of distracted or looking at our phones or whatever it would be that you would, you would just, we would hear from you that you really have something to love us with. And I pray we'd feel your love today. And so I just pray you'd help me teach. And I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. So the way you began is the way you advance. That's what we're talking about this whole morning. So let's start. Let's look at the text together. If you have a Bible, open it up. First verse. Let's just look at it. He says this, Oh, foolish Galatians, 
Who has bewitched you? And then watch what he does here. He says this, it was before your eyes. So think about this word, eyes, which means they could see. It was manifest. Uh, it, it wasn't just like a thought they had. It was a visible display. Okay, so watch this. He says this, it was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. That's fascinating, very fascinating. Here's why. Every commentator agrees the Galatian churches were not there physically at the cross. So he's not saying it was you guys were at the cross. Like, don't you remember where Christ, he, he didn't say that. He's not, so what is he saying? What does this sentence mean? Here's what it means. He means when, when Paul came and he preached the gospel that Jesus died on the cross for their sin, um, th there came with that proclamation power, the power of Jesus who was present with them came on them when they received the gospel by faith. So he goes like this. He goes, you guys remember how when I came and preached Jesus, there was this beautiful encounter with his love. It was so visible. You, you saw what he did for you and it moved you. It was so public. Some of you were just crying and falling down. It was so demonstrated. His love was just being poured into you. It was so powerful. I can imagine as he's writing this, he's remembering the power of the spirit just landing on them as they're turning from paganism and trusting in Jesus. Just like the tears of joys. I, how many of you were at Revive Night or Worship Night? Not, not a lot, but anyone? Okay. So uh, Marina, who just became a Christian just a few months ago, she was giving her testimony and there was a moment when she was just sharing what God had done for her and she was in tears and she was, she was saying this, like, I can't believe that he would die for me. I didn't deserve it. And she was just like, just, she could, you could feel the love of the Father just flowing through her. She was so overwhelmed that Jesus did this. So their experience of, of Jesus being crucified, that he would really love them at their worst. It was so public. Like it, it was so real. They had feelings of the spirit. In 1 Thessalonians 1, 4, Paul describes this kind of encounter, this kind of power with how the church received the gospel. When he says this, it'll be on the screen. For we know brothers, like sisters loved by God. We know that he has chosen you. Like, it's just so clear. Um, how do you know? Well, because our gospel came to you, not only in word. It wasn't just like, here's the facts. Here's the events. Here's what Jesus did. Here's what he accomplished. Here's what the, it wasn't just words, but also in what? What's our word? Everyone. What's our word? Power. Let's try again. Is it up there? You guys can see this, right? Okay, let's try it again. Ready? I'm going to read it. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power. Good. Power. And in what? The Holy Spirit. Yes. Good. This is, we're doing this the whole morning. You're the two. Anyways. So here, here's what you need to hear. His, his presence was their experience. Look right at me. His presence was their experience. This is his whole argument right now. Your experience 
of the power of the love of Christ coming from the Holy Spirit did not come because you obeyed Torah. You heard the gospel and it came. When those people encountered Jesus, the presence of God was so real. Like it was so beautiful. The presence is the Holy Spirit whose ongoing work will be to continually bring us to Jesus, his truth and his gospel. So when the spirit of God is poured out, actually, you know what Romans talks about? This will be on the screen too. Romans, Romans talks about this. He says this, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. That's what they experienced. That happened, okay? Has that happened to you? Has that happened to you? So Paul's saying this, you're not just someone who knows about Jesus. You were people who saw him on the cross for you. And the spirit, he was poured out and he says, you guys, like you remember the power publicly displayed for you. Jesus' life wasn't experienced again because you're doing stuff like the, like the law, you weren't getting circumcised. And then the, no, how does love get poured out to you? You had faith in Christ and the spirit came as you placed your trust in Jesus alone. So here's what he's saying. Stop trying to attain any kind of completion or acceptability by observing the law. That's, you're, 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 that's like a, who's bewitching you? That wasn't your experience. So, here, so this is why this is really important for us. When you begin to add religious methodology as the basis or a way of earning or advancing your communion and, and life with God or salvation, you will begin to drift. Listen, this is the worst. You will begin to drift into a confusing place of self-reliance, of feeling guilty, of all the time feeling like you're not matching up enough. And the moment you do that, you get confused about the power or the only way believers are ever to live. You are to live by life in the spirit. That's what Jesus came to die and rise to give you. Life in the spirit. If you are trusting in a methodology to get your life more accepted, you're not living in the new life of the spirit. Okay, so here's, he continues. It takes us to our second point. So we said, you know, the way you began by the Spirit, faith, hearing is the way you continue. So here's the way the Spirit entered your life should be the very same way the Spirit advances your life by Spirit-empowered faith. So look at verse four. Okay, if you have your Bible, maybe you don't have it open. I'll give you, I'll give you some time. Grab your app. Get it. We have books at the back, big black ones. Okay, look at verse four. Okay, now this is an interesting sentence, okay? Because you're in your Bible. Uh, this, is, this is strange. What, look at what he does in verse four. It won't be on the screen, but it'll be in your text. Have you suffered so much for nothing? Like in vain, he says. Now, most scholars say Paul's using this word in a more sarcastic sense. Um, he's saying this, if you guys are so bent on the law, like oh, doing all this stuff, it must be suffering for you to have the spirit. 
Like, is it, was it really for nothing, all the power and all the Spirit's presence? Was it, and now you're going back to this? Did you guys suffer? That's the tone of his text. And it's reasonable because watch what he says next. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, that's a big sentence, by the way. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do so by works of the Torah or by hearing with faith? What's he saying? Well, I'll, I'll borrow this. Okay, everyone put your hands up. Put your hands all the way up. Put nothing, you're just first. Nothing in your hands. Okay, no coffee. Hands up. This is great. Okay, this is what you bring to every encounter and time of ministry with God. Nothing. That's what you bring, which means the power you need to do anything God's calling you into is going to be all of the power of the Holy Spirit. The only thing you and I need right now to do anything that God's calling you to do, which he's calling you to do a lot, he's calling you, do you know what he's calling you to do, by the way? If you're like, hey, what is he calling me to do? I'll tell you right away. He's calling you to do the works Jesus did. That's what he's calling you to that's impossible stuff, by the way. It's impossible. So, so the only thing you and I need right now to do the impossible assignments God's given us is his presence. The power, so here's what Paul just said. The power flowing like a stream from God, he who supplies, it's the same thing. The power, he who supplies the spirit to do the miraculous, which is what he says, and ministry is not mustered up through Torah living, but rather by new life with the Spirit. That presence and supply from God is not coming from the law and festivals and how much skin you have or don't have down there, but by the Spirit. That's his point in this text. So listen, the one thing you and I need right now to be with Jesus and to do what he did the way he did it is the supplying presence of the Holy Spirit. That's what you need. So that's exegesis. I'm going to spend the rest of this sermon applying this to us, okay? So one day, D.L. Moody, if you know D.L. Moody, he was, he was the Chicago evangelist. Uh, like he, you know, started Moody Church, Moody Bible Institute, huge evangelist revivals in Chicago. Um, he tells the story. One day he was in New York City. He was walking the streets towards a house of a friend. And Moody said, quote, God Almighty seemed to come very near. I felt I must be alone. He went to the house of a friend and asked for a room so he could be alone with God. He went to his knees and he sensed God's presence come near. Here's how, Moody, here's how Moody describes it. Okay, it'll be on the screen. Ah, what a day. I cannot describe it. I seldom refer to it. It is almost too sacred an experience to name. Paul had an experience of which he never spoke for 14 years. I can only say God revealed himself to me and I had such an experience of his love, Romans 5, 5, that I had to ask him to stay his hand. After this, I went to the preaching again. The sermons were not different. I did not present any new truths, yet hundreds were converted. I would not now be placed where I was before that blessed experience if you should give me all the world. Okay, so I'm just gonna tell you something. I'm in a place right now in my life where 
Um, I, I want the presence of God more than I ever have. Uh, and it's interesting because you always feel like in each, and you know, each part of your journey, you want God. And then you, when you realize there's just so much more, you want him even more. Um, and, and I want more than ever before. So I'll explain this. So like the last three months, I've actually been asking God since our prayer series uh, that I would feel his affections every day. Like that I would, cause that's what Paul prays. That's where the conviction came from Ephesians. So I feel his love. So I've been asking God every day to help me feel his love and, and not just to feel good. Like, I'm not just like, give me the warm fuzzies. Like, I, I'm, I'm not just here for me, but I'm wanting to feel his love. And here's why, I'm not seeing power in my life. I wasn't seeing power in my life. I was doing a lot of the things I was doing out of insecurity, fear, um, trying to like, you know, just try to, I'm, you know, half of the time in ministry, I felt like I was just putting on a mask. Like I was needing to like, I have to do this. So I have to fake that I have everything all together. But, but what I was doing was I was just operating a lot out of shame and out of like trying to like prove myself to God, which is, which is an unbelief in the gospel and prove myself to myself. And it was messy. And there were times that God was doing it. And there was times I just get you know, just ignore him. Let's just go to Netflix. This is way easier. Uh, but I, but I wouldn't stay up all night until I heard him. I wouldn't do any of that because that just never crossed my mind. And so I started praying, God, would you help me? Would you help me like feel like I really, really, that, that I want to be in your presence. And just so you know, for the last two months, uh, the Holy Spirit's been doing some stuff in me and He's been doing some stuff in this church, which is really, really cool. So let me share you experience I had two weeks ago. So uh, I was I was with Brandon Franks, who's on sound today, and we were we were praying for a guy uh, who was getting free from evil spirits, and and so we were ministering to him. It was about two hours, and we were praying with him, and uh, so Brandon would share some things, and then I would uh, the spirit would give me something, and I'd share this text with him, and. And God, and, he, and God was ministering to this guy. So there was a moment while Brandon was just sharing with him where I just stopped to pray, okay? This really happened. So I stopped to pray and I was just, I was in his presence. Like I was just, I was hearing what was he was saying, but I, I actually didn't, I wasn't there. I was really with the Lord and I never felt so peaceful. I've never felt so loved. I never felt so light and I was just in his presence and I could tell they were ending and I didn't want to leave. I just sat there. And then, and then when I had to like come back into the situation, I was like, that was incredible. Like I did not want to leave his presence. So I've been saying, God, I want more. I've been asking God all the time, actually, what are you, what are you wanting to do? And I think this week uh, he gave me some clarity as to what he wants to do in our church and what he's doing in our church, which is really powerful. So this past Tuesday uh, in a staff meeting, so we, you know, I, I got this book called The, Emotion the Emotional Healthy Leader for our staff because none of them are emotionally healthy. So I'm like, we're all leading and we're all so broken. So I put on this video and I'm like, maybe God will do something for us. <laughs> and there was a part, uh, I don't know if we have the picture, do we? 
Did you get it? Oh yeah, so I, we were watching the video in the staff room and I, I clicked pause and, and I felt like the spirit say, this is what I'm doing. And I was like, whoa. So I was like, guys, we have to pause it. I went back. So here's the actual quote because we have it where you can see it better, I think. Do you have the line, the next one? Yeah, okay, so here's the quote on the screen. Um, so I'm gonna read it. The degree to which we are willing to give Jesus access so stop for a second, look at me now. The degree to which we are, we are willing to give Jesus access to our souls, to those areas of our past, our hurts, the stuff we've never dealt with, the secrets that we've never shared, the things that really hurt us when we were young and our parents don't even know that it has, the places we feel a mess and emotionally are broken the real messed up part of you, not just last week, but when you were four, um, and you've never brought that stuff to Jesus, you've never given Jesus access. Okay, so let's read the quote again. The degree to which we are willing to give Jesus access to what is deeply beneath the surface in our lives is the degree to which we will experience freedom in him. Now, when I read that, the spirit finished the line, not freedom in him, but life in the spirit. When I read that, I said in my, to the Lord, that is so good, that's gotta be in the Bible. Like I was like, that just has to be in the Bible. So I asked, I asked the Holy Spirit, where is that in the Bible? Immediately told me two places. So I was like, this is cool. He gave me a string of texts from the Kings. So I'll give them to you right now. And he did, so this is the Kings. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, yet, not with the whole heart, not with full access. There was stuff, to borrow some other language, there was stuff in the suitcase of his soul that he hadn't given Jesus. He hadn't given him full access to another line and the heart was not, and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord his God as the heart of David his father. The other passage God gave me right away was the parable, the parable of the four seats. And so you have like different souls who there's stuff in your soul, the cares of this life, the pain going on in your life. It's not fully God's. So let me share another moment where I, where I thought God gave me even more clarity for the shore. So I was praying, same day, so I was praying on the way home, because you know, I gotta walk up Lonsdale because I live on 10th. Um, and I'm asking the Holy Spirit, I wanna apply this to our church. What do you want? I just, give me help. I don't know what to say. Um, and then this thought came to my mind. So this is for us. So if you're not paying attention, this is for you. And I want you to test this. So if you're new to our church, this is your first Sunday here. This might not apply to you. I actually think it's biblical, but like this is really specific that you, the shore, need to test, okay? So here's what I felt that the Lord gave me instantly. I believe... the enemy uses a spirit of religion to keep us in an ongoing pursuit of God's presence. So let me explain this and apply it to you. So you test this, if this is true in your life. I believe that those here at the shore, you've been under such good doctrine. I say that humbly, but you have, um, where you would say, both in your spirit and in your mind, 
that, that you are resting and you are trusting that the basis of your salvation is in Christ alone. Like you would believe that. You would be like, I know that I am his, but you live your life riddled with anxiety, pain, demonic attacks, struggle. You don't hear God. You feel a rut. You feel like you're in mud. You're like, okay, but, but you would have the basis. That's true. And here's what happens, okay? Here's what I think is happening. You test it. When you hear or feel the Holy Spirit say to you, stay up the whole night till you hear from me, you go, mm. here's what you hear. When you hear pursue God, pursue his presence, chase after him fast. I mean, really don't eat food the entire day. Slow down, commune, put your phone away. Don't even turn it on, retreat to be with me like Jesus did, like Moses did. From intimacy, this power will come in the kingdom. Run to me, get rid of anything that hinders, get rid of that addiction, get rid of that. Um, you know, fast for two weeks till it's broken. What the enemy whispers in the moment you take the first step of stream is that's works, is that's earning. You feel that didn't work before. You've tried that. You're not good enough. God won't speak to you. Those are all evil spirits. And so what you've done is you've taken one step in the river and you didn't feel drenched and you've heard all the demonic lies of religion. And so you stop pursuing his presence. And instead of going, I will wait until I hear, I'm gonna press in until I, until revival comes in this hard, you don't. You go right to Netflix, you get bored, you get distracted, you, you go back to this theological grid, like, oh, that doesn't work, God doesn't do that anymore. Um, and listen, here's what happens, you stay in no power. You have no power. That's what happened to me, I had no power in my walk. Sure, God used me, sure there was stuff, but I'm telling you, I'm done with that. So I hope you are too. If your pursuit is his presence, that's called yearning, not earning. If your pursuit of God is friendship with God, if your pursuit is his presence and the joy of him alone, the pursuit, no matter how long it takes, is worth it. Do you know why it's worth it? Because he's worth it. He's worth it. Do you know why you don't eat? because he's worth it. Do you know why you don't eat and nothing happens, you don't eat again next week? It's because he's worth it. That's why. Sure, I believe Jesus, I, I'm convinced now, because I've been asking, why are you telling me not to do anything? What's going on at the shore? Why, are everyone, why is everyone confessing their sin like crazy? Why are we casting out demons? Like, what's happening? What is happening? I can, I'm convinced that Jesus is calling us to persist in our pursuit of more of the Holy Spirit. So in his book, Joy Unspeakable, Martin Lloyd-Jones, we can trust Martin Lloyd-Jones, right? You're like, should we? Yeah, okay. The fathers, here's what Lloyd-Jones says. The fathers used to use this great term, pleading the promises. You never hear it now, Lloyd-Jones says. Why? Because people do not really pray any longer. And then he says this, they send little telegrams to God. They know nothing about wrestling with God and pleading the promises. He says, quote, it'll be on the screen. 
you begin to pray and you pray really with earnestness, but you do not keep on with it. And after a while, you almost forget all about it and you go back to where you were before and you may live like that for months or years. Then again, something happens and again, you start, but you do not keep on, you forget. And so you go on for years seeking spasmodically, but never really receiving a half-hearted spasmatic Spasmodic desire is never likely to be granted. And there's always this element almost of a desperation that comes in before God really hears this prayer and grants our request. People who walk in the current of the Holy Spirit will have power in their lives. If you don't have any power in your life, you are not walking in the current of the Holy Spirit. You just aren't. Acts 1 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Did you know that in all of Paul's prayers, he prays for power? And that power flows from the gospel. I like how one put it, a spirit-filled church is dangerous to hell, but a non-spirit-filled church is dangerous to the church. Let me say that again. A spirit-filled church is dangerous to hell. That's what I think God wants the short church to be. I just think he does. A non-spirit-filled church is dangerous to the church. So why am I not filled? If you're thinking like, this is really ministering to me, why aren't you filled? Here, I'll tell you why. You've got stuff in the suitcase of your soul. Listen, even if the suitcase, and we believe it is, is it belongs to God. You're his, you're adopted, you're loved, you're dearly loved by the Father. There's a lot of good stuff in you. You have spiritual gifts, you have a lot of character, but you're not giving him full access. Or to use the scriptures, you're actually quenching the spirit. Did you know you can quench the spirit? Do you know that you can have so much worldliness in you that 1 John 4 says you push out love for God? The reason you don't have a flow of the Holy Spirit is you have too much in the suitcase of your soul. And you've never really dealt with that. You've never dealt with it. You've never actually confessed it to your spouse or to save community. There's not much room for him to flow when it's full of other stuff you haven't given Jesus access to. Let me say that again. There's not much room for the Holy Spirit to flow when it's full of other stuff you haven't given Jesus access to. So here's my sense. God at the shore. So again, if you're a guest, I'm so glad you're here. This, I don't know if this applies to you, but I know it applies to you if, you if you come here regularly. God, I said this so long ago, is clen- cleansing house. I believe he's cleaning suitcases. So um, why is he doing that? I'll tell you why he's doing that. He wants to clean out so that he can fill you and fill you not just to make you feel good, but to be his presence on the North Shore. You will never be his presence if you don't actually spend time in his presence. Rob Reamer, who was a pastor I met last week, he made this comment. He says, we, often, we are often reluctant to admit the ugly, broken, and sinful parts of ourselves, but to the degree that we deny these realities. I got an anger issue. You deny that reality. I got a lust issue. You deny that reality. I think, I don't know why I get woken up with so much arousal. What is that? You deny that reality, he says, and you will begin to live in bondage to it. We know this. Jesus cannot heal that which you will not admit. 
If you have secrets, he won't heal that. God cannot cleanse which you will not confess. So here's a test, okay? I'm gonna give you a test. If you're here, here's how you know you don't have any power. When you've heard the gospel over and over and over, and a set of beliefs, no, as a set of beliefs, not from a person or an encounter with the spirit, your suitcase is full of stuff you've never given the spirit access to. See, if your soul is, is on a scale of one to 10 of four, the healthiest relationship you'll have is a four. It's the same with your relationship with God. Okay, so here's our options. You ready for our options? We can add religion, so we can, we can just be, do Galatia Church. We can add to our religion. We can just keep you know, doing our methodology like the Galatians, or we can pursue God for his presence. So you have a choice. You could do nothing from this sermon. You can stay in bondage, but I'm just warning you, okay? And I actually don't mind this warning. God is bringing stuff up in people's lives. Like, it's just happening. Like, I'm like, there's not a, there's not a week that goes by where I'm not getting a text of someone who's going, man, I've confessed so much sexual sin to my wife. I don't know what's happening, but I want to change. I'm like, yes, that's the spirit, yes. Okay, so you have options. You should probably leave the church if you don't want this to happen. Like, I'm serious. Because the Holy Spirit's doing this. So your, your options are leave the church, don't get any power, live religious. You can. Or you could actually speed up the process because it's gonna happen. And you can give Jesus access to your suitcase. And that's gonna look messy. And actually, I can't tell you what that looks like because it's gonna look very different for each person but it does mean you gotta start talking to community, to your spouse, to Jesus. You really have to do that. Okay, so Ben, you can come up. Um, if you've never said to him, I'm ready to come into the light and I'm ready to give Jesus access, um, you need to do that this morning. Like this is not, a, I'm gonna think about this tonight because here's why. The parable of the four seeds says Satan can take this seed and just snap it away. And that's what he will do, okay? That's what he's doing in our church. Like I'm not like, well, perhaps. I, I know there's a spirit of religion that is taking this and he doesn't want me to preach this. But here's what you need to hear. You never leave Jesus behind in your growth. Pursuing God is yearning, not earning. He's really, really excited to be here with you. He's really excited. He's, he's, he's got the hand on your zipper and he's like, let's go. There's stuff in there that I want access to. This might take for some of you weeks, months. Some of you, I've seen, I've seen one gal who God freed her from crazy things happen in 72 hours. She just called her dad, she figured stuff out. They, like it's just happening. So it's up, it, the spirit will do it. You don't have to worry. Actually, you know, you know who's not stressed right now? Jesus. He's not freaking out. This sermon, he's like, he, so if you feel anxious, that's not from Jesus. That could be because you're, you don't, the light does seem scary and that's okay. But you can't do this without the power of the spirit and the way to get the power of the spirit 
is to get into his presence. So if you want this, I'm asking you this week to not eat for an entire day. You pick one day and you fast the entire day. Just water, coffee's fine, juice, whatever. That's not the point. The point is I want you to find one hour in that day so you can talk to spouses if you can't get away from kids and work, where you just get alone with the Holy Spirit and you say, you can have access to my soul. What do you want to deal with first? And just wait till he answers. Okay? Or don't. It's up to you. But if you want to do that, I'm going to actually ask you to stand up as a response of faith. And if you want a release of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask him to come and release his power on you. So if that's you and you're here and you know, you'll know, some of you, you're not hearing a thing, but you know God's clearly speaking to you and you're like, I'm like the Galatians. I don't even think about the Holy Spirit. I've been trying so hard on my own. I've been trying to parent on my own. I've been trying to be a spouse on my own. I have so much anxiety. I'm riddled with pain. I hear voices in my head. I'm unloved. I feel hurt, you name it. And you want Jesus to touch that place and you're willing to tell someone, you're willing to fast. If you want an encounter with God and a feeling of the Spirit and you want to see change, I want you to stand up right now. Just stand up if that's you. Yeah, praise God. Amen. Okay, thank you. I'm excited about that. I want, I want you to stand And here's what I'm, I'm going to do. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know you standing up is an evidence you don't want to try this on your own anymore, okay? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to put your hands out like this, which is just a posture of receiving. And then I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and show you Jesus. And we're just going to sit in silence for about a minute or two, and then I'll come back up, or I'll stay up here, but then I'll come speak, and we'll, I'll lead us into a time of response, okay? And listen, I don't know what's going to happen. If you don't hear anything, that's fine. The thing is, is you are pursuing God, pursuing God. You want God. Okay, so we're going to pray. So Holy Spirit, I just invite you to come.